Hello everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season three and episode 12. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse three, where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he's in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes, but not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. If I asked you, what does it mean to be a Christian? I believe I would get many answers. Some of you might say, well, you should follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. Some might say, become a servant, someone that's willing to give of themselves and of their resources and their time without grumbling. And then there may be some of you that say, follow the teachings of Christ found in his word, and none of these would be incorrect. But there is one word that I believe encompasses all of these responses, and that one word is love. To be a Christian is to love as Christ loved, and that is loving one another. And Paul encourages often throughout the New Testament, he's encouraging the church to love one another. And it's specifically in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he tells us, he asks us, he implores us, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's what it means to be a Christian, to love as he loved, the love that he had shown them, he wanted them to give out to others. Basically, if I was using our um, slang or our English, I would say, Paul was saying, get on the bandwagon. You all know what a bandwagon is, don't you? Well, if you don't, I'm going to tell you. A bandwagon is where people do something primarily because other people are doing it, regardless of their own beliefs, which they may ignore or override. We have a lot of bandwagons around today. YouTube is a sort of bandwagon. So is TikTok and some of the other social media platforms. However, the difference in a bandwagon and what Paul espouses when he talks about set an example or follow him as he demonstrates the attitude and the example of Christ, he's, he's not saying um, just do it because I'm telling you to do it, but he's asking them, you know, don't, he's saying to them, don't follow me because of what I say, follow me because of what I do. Now, you may be one of those individuals who aren't easily swayed into following just anybody or anything, but if there's enough of an argument or something that you desire, you may find yourself getting on the bandwagon before you know it. Now, one common bandwagon that many of you may be able to identify, identify with is dieting. I know I'm probably in somebody's uh, closet right now or meddling, but that's okay. Every now and then we do need to be shaken up. I know that in our society, thin is in and being fit is an ideal situation. And there are many gimmicks out there that you have either considered or tried just because someone said it worked for them and you saw their transformation. I don't know if, I think some of you may have heard of this goalie, these gummy vitamins or gummy diet aids. I have uh, a, a, a tummy issue, so I can't take regular pills for vitamins and I have gummy bears that I take. But I'll tell you what, those gummy bears are more like candy than any kind of vitamin. I'm not sure they're doing anything. But we will jump on trends because, or we will get on the bandwagon if someone else has said it worked for them. And we figure, well, why not? Any one of you, as I talk about diets, has any one of you ever tried that grapefruit diet? 
It's supposed to have fat burning properties. Forget that it's not good if you have high blood pressure. Or maybe you've tried hypnosis or maybe the Mediterranean diet where you don't even get a piece of bread. Every now and then you need a roll and some meat between that roll and you need some potato salad on the side. But I'm just saying, we jump on these bandwagons because we feel that they are things that, in fact, if it's working for them, it might work for me. Whether we've seen it demonstrated long term or not, where they've had success. I remember the cabbage diet. That was awful. <laughs> At the time, I thought, okay, everybody's doing it and they're losing weight. Maybe it'll work for me. If anything, it just, I felt like the cartoon where the stomach just kept getting bigger and bigger and just wanted to explode from all of the gastric properties that was possessed in it. But we, I jumped on that bandwagon. Any of you remember that rotating belt from years ago where if you stood in it, it, it was like this, this, it would shake your body and supposed to shake the weight off. Or maybe those Jane Fonda videos or fitness guru, Richard Simmons. Or how about some of uh, the latest fashion trends when you talk about getting on a bandwagon? You know, there are some things you just shouldn't, shouldn't wear, outside or inside for that fact. And in our fashions today, seemingly less is best, but that's not necessarily true. Just because it comes in our size doesn't mean we should wear it. And should I dare, when we think about politics, when we, I'm sorry, when we think about bandwagons, should I dare mention politics? People tend to vote for the candidate they think is winning, despite what that individual's views might be. There are many bandwagons, and people get on bandwagons because they believe relying on the opinion of others is beneficial or because they're motivated by additional things such as fear of missing out. So why should we want to get on this bandwagon Paul talks about following him as he follows Christ, setting that example. Why should we follow that example? Well, he's telling us why we should follow that example. When he was speaking to the church in Corinth, in Corinth he knew that they needed some examples. He, know, he knew he was a good example, not because of his reputation, because he had a quite extensive list of accomplishments and skills, but he was saying all of that really doesn't mean anything if, as John says, we are not loving. It sounds easy enough, but why do people find it so hard to live godly lives or to follow Christ's example? Well, it's easy to tell people to follow Christ when it's modeled by someone who really follows him. But what happens when people aren't seeing Christ's model? What happens is what we're experiencing in our world today, a famine of church followers a shortage or scarcity of people who sincerely follow Christ. Being locked down without the ability to interact with other believers was detrimental to the church. I'm not talking about the building, but I'm talking about those who are called to go out and make disciples. You're, you're sequestered, so you can't go out. That does not mean that we weren't following the example of Christ. But during the pandemic, it made it much more difficult and more challenging. And yes, we have the modern technology, but the internet, it's not the same. It's coming and being together and getting strengthened one with another. Now, even devout Christians who regularly punch the attendance clock, attendance clock they too are struggling. They may not have hope and think of the people who don't come, and, and I shouldn't say it like that. Let me say it this way. Those who come to church on a regular basis and were caused to shut down, it's frustrating, and I'm sure there was some struggle there. But think about those 
who are not churchgoers and imagine the pain and the agony and the frustration they must be feeling. They may not have any hope, but, and, and any efforts to change their life seems futile, but who's going to share Christ with them? Who's going to share Christ with the hopeless? Who's going to convince them that there is a bandwagon that's worth getting on? There's something lacking in our world today, and that something is disciples. The world needs to jump on Christ's bandwagon. I remember a story of a young woman who was telling me about a brother who was atheist who would not allow his seven-year-old child to understand or know anything about religion or spirituality or Christ or God or any kind of talk like that. Even when her grandmother wore a cross, that little girl was curious and was asking, but that grandmother wasn't allowed to share that with that little girl. But you know what? Just because that grandmother was silenced, that little seven-year-old, I understand when God says, let them come as little children. She's curious. She's going to see that cross on someone else's neck. And she's going to ask that question again. I'm confident of that. And just in the subtlety of her grandmother wearing that cross, even not saying anything, being able to say anything, she is going to find out about Christ. Everyone will have an opportunity to come to Christ, no matter who or what situation tries to prevent it. God says all of us will have an opportunity to know him. It was interesting when you look at the church at Corinth, because they, this was a, they had a fundamental theological misunderstanding of the importance of Jesus's death and resurrection. And they believed Christ had died and risen. There was nothing else to be done. They, their name, Corinth, means satisfied. And so they were satisfied with what they already had, but that wasn't the end. That was just the beginning. It's dangerous to become satisfied and missing Jesus' death and resurrection. It's, it's more than that. There is a cost for salvation and hope. Church, sisters, brothers, we must never be satisfied when it comes to sharing Christ. Yes, we're saved, but there are people out there who aren't. They're lost. They can't find their way. They need someone. They need someone like you and me to show them the path to light and to what it means to be free in Christ or, or what it means not only to be found, but to be free. I mean, we can be found. We're lost. We're found. But what does it mean to be free? Free from the darkness, free from an oppressive society and free from the things that have no eternal value. Paul could have touted, I said earlier, all about his conversion and his experience. And, you know, even these podcasts, there are opportunities for those who may not want to come to a church to hear at least something about the truth of God's word. I hope you're listening to these podcasts and I hope you're passing them along. You know, Paul, he, he really cared about people knowing the truth. And even though Paul, um, preached these things, Paul wasn't perfect. And he was one who was persecuting Christians. He could have touted his skills and he was, he was well-read. He was, he had, was raised in a religious home, but he understood that the route to help people to understand about Christ was a route of humility and love and sacrifice. And that's what made him a powerful witness. So you don't have to do a lot. You just have to have a sincere love of God. And if you have a sincere love of God, you're going to have a sincere love for his people. We like seeing powerful people admit to wrongdoing and moving to a place of understanding. And that's what Paul was. He, there were things he did that he wasn't pleased with when he really came into the full knowledge of Christ. 
So Paul's saying, don't, you don't have to be perfect, but follow the example he sets as he is following Christ. He is someone to look up to. How do we become disciples? You got to look for him. We can, you can, you can't follow who you don't know. And when we seek him, I thought I knew God, but I really didn't know him. But I came to understand not only he is the creator of the universe, but he is the sustainer of life. And he's alive in the hearts of believers today through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you need to surrender to him. We really think we know everything or we think we know a lot, but we have to really know Christ. And that means letting go of whatever ideas of life or our future are. When our life is upside down and man's methods aren't working, it's easy to surrender because there's nothing left. But I would encourage you, don't wait till you get rock bottom because it can be hard to climb up. But the good thing about rock bottom, the only place to go is up. And then get to know him. People I have a relationship with, I spend time with. I'll call them or they'll call me or we plan time together. That's how the church plays a vital role because we get to know Christ through coming around people or Christ followers, how they live, how they work and how they serve. And then it's important to connect with people who are like-minded. You've heard the phrase iron sharpens iron. It's really true. It doesn't mean that we separate ourselves from non-Christians, but it is an opportunity for us to sharpen our skills as people of faith and as disciples. And it helps us to understand God better. And then talk about him. When I really, really understood who Christ was, I couldn't help but talk about him. When someone does something good for you, you want to tell others about it. Jesus isn't someone you want to keep to yourself. You should want to tell everybody because he can meet everyone's need at the same time. And you may find that you don't even have the same need because when you have that relationship with him, he really is enough. There is a universal need for God. And God extends a universal offer to everyone. Remember, John tells us that a new commandment he gives. He says, love one another. And this is Christ speaking, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. God loved us when we were sinners, and yet he gave us favor He gave us his son and he wants us to give that same message to all of those who may not know him. Becoming a disciple is the best decision you'll ever make. Getting on that bandwagon for Christ, there's nothing better. It's a, it's a, it's not a trend, but it's a lifestyle that you can follow for the rest of, of your life. The world needs disciples. I hope you'll jump on board with me. And I hope that you'll be passionate and powerful sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a message worth sharing. Get on the bandwagon, sisters and brothers. Until next time, blessed be his holy name. God bless you all. And be sure to see the sunrise, to see the S-O-N rise in your life, to see Christ in your everyday situations. Be blessed.